Hey there, welcome to the Doing Good Business Podcast, hosted by Kelly Stewart, business strategist helping companies to do good in all aspects of their business, and me, Laura Heacock, a leadership coach helping professionals bring kindness into business. Doing Good Business is a podcast for leaders who want to bring their whole selves to work and create companies that make a real difference in the world. Welcome to this week's episode of Doing Good Business. I'm Laura Heacock, leadership coach, and I'm here with Kelly Stewart, positive business consultant. And today we're going to talk about something that might seem a little out of whack when you think about business, but trust me, you're going to want to stick around. This is not out of whack at all. We are talking about fear. Fear. It's a four letter word. It's an F word. (laughs) We're talking about fear today. And um, I know I personally work a lot with clients on fear. my the coach training program that I went through focuses on courage. It's a very courage based program. We work a lot about uh, with fear, and I don't ever think about it in context of an organization, which mm-hmm. is what's so great about knowing Kelly is that we can really talk about these concepts in a way that I know what to do when a leader is experiencing fear, when an individual is experiencing fear, and there are methods to get out of it. But I don't necessarily think about always what it looks like when a company is experiencing fear. Right. It's not pretty. <laughs> <laughs> It never is. It never is, right? Because what is a company, right? It is a collection of individuals. So they go through a lot of the same responses. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that ranges from everything from hair on fire Mm -hmm. to, you know, collective crying, right? You know, (laughs) you're just so blue and depressed. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then what I think is one of the all time greatest tragedies, tragedies in an organization is that fear becomes doing nothing. Yes. It's the freeze. Yes. Freeze component, right? We know yes. fight and flight, but there's also mm-hmm. freeze. And I think that's a great, great tragedy that it happens in organizations that are going through something that's causing them to have great fear. Yeah, I agree. And I think in the individual, you know, and again, not many people know of the freeze response. Everybody thinks it's mm-hmm. fight or flight. But in the individual, I think of the freeze response as that, you know, that deer in the headlights look or even worse, the prolonged version of it, which this is probably easier to spot in an organization, it's just flatness. It's like the static that was on TV as a kid. It's that feeling of like, there's no joy in life anymore. Everything is just lather, rinse, repeat. I get up, I go to bed, I go to work, I wake up, lather, rinse, repeat. You know, this whole life cycle of just flatness where there's no... There's, there's no, no joy. Yeah, there's no joy. Let there's alone, no feeling. Innovation and yeah, like, yeah, exactly. exactly, exactly. And if you get an organization that is made up of people that are frozen, you're obviously going to have an organization that's not innovative and isn't able to, you know, be resilient or change or, or stay with the times. Right. Or create value for others, as mm-hmm. we've talked about before, mm-hmm. you know, kind of live to their purpose mm-hmm. because it's been greatly diminished. You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. So what do you see on the individual level? Talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah. And, you know, how you advise your clients on mm-hmm. that. So I see fear coming up a lot when there's a situation uh, that a leader's never dealt with. I think that's a huge fear trigger. Oh, my God, we have to do a layoff. I don't know what to do. Right. Um, oh, my God, we're being acquired. I don't know what to do. Or even just, you know, we're not able to fill these positions and we have no idea what to do. You know, a, a lot of times it is that kind of that more prolonged fear that is flat and a lack mm. of joy. But I think there's a lot of situational fear that comes up in the professional sure. setting of I've never held a role this big. I don't know how to have the conversation with my now employee who is saying negative things about my predecessor. I don't know how to do that. And I notice myself feeling 
fear or feeling defensive or feeling just, I don't like the way that I'm showing up. So there are a lot of situational ways that I see it showing up and people don't always label it as fear, but I think fear is one of like the very few core emotions that when you really drill down on situations, a lot of it comes to fear. I agree. And I think too, um, in organizations, sometimes that's where you see some of their less savory I won't say they're a business practice because they probably did not intend it to be, but you see people implementing business practices Mm -hmm. in very aggressive ways, Mm -hmm. right? Which would be part of the fight response. And so they're fearing fear. Maybe they have a fear they're going to lose their job, Mm -hmm. right? Or their division would be shut down if they don't make their quarterly goals or Mm -hmm. whatever those things are. And, um, And that has... That takes what would look like on paper a very normal business practice and put a very different spin on Mm. it. It's very bad for the organization and can end up costing the organization so much more in terms of reputation. And I think in an clients. Yeah. And in an individual leader, I think it shows up as micromanaging. Mm -hmm. I think it shows up as it's my way or the highway mentality. I think it shows up as that's the way we've always done it, which Kelly, I know you and I agree on like that is like our most cringeworthy phrase in business world. Like if you want to be a stagnant company that doesn't ever change with the times and, you know, eventually loses revenue in a very slow, painful way, way, just please continue you saying things like that's the way we've always done it but i think that's a fear-based response for the negative business yeah exactly if you want to do bad business but we're going to help you do good business yeah but i think it's fear-based right like people inherently feel change and fear does believe it or not so i'm gonna i'm gonna digress for a second and just talk about how much i i have a strong disdain for the whole fearless you know hashtag fearless mentality that i think that culture is trying to, you know, pretend is a real thing. You know, fear biologically and evolutionarily has a purpose. I mean, truly, at the end of the day, Mm -hmm. if you and I were without fear, I'd be walking into traffic. I'd be going to, like, making poor life choices. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, if we literally had no fear, Mm -hmm. we wouldn't survive. I mean, it's survival of the fittest to a certain extent. So there is a purpose of fear. You don't want to be fearless. Fear serves a very important purpose in your life and our brains have not yet evolved in the way the technology has evolved. So in our 2018 brains, we are somewhere in the back of the evolutionary brain still being chased by a saber-toothed tiger. So yes, is our fear amplified for the world that we live in? It is. Does it show up in weird ways like not having joy in our life and micromanaging? It absolutely does. But you do need it. And if you're going to take anything from us today, please take away the fact that there's nothing wrong with you or your organization if you're not fearless yet. You're not supposed to be fearless, but you can work with it and you can become courageous. You can Mm -hmm. learn to soar. You know, there's all these ways that you can work with Mm -hmm. your fear because it will not ever go away. So why don't we teach you how to actually work with it? Absolutely. Um, do you find in when you're talking with individuals too that just helping them be aware, like what's fear? Because mm-hmm. we know fear masquerades as mm-hmm. certain things, right? It can masquerade as just you know plain old risk. Oh, mm-hmm. that sounds like too risky. We won't do it because the actuaries tell us that's not a good mm-hmm. idea, right? Then there's fear masquerades oh as change, you know, mm-hmm. which, which we've said, mm-hmm. right? Uh, fear of doing change. Um, challenges, right? Mm-hmm. Just challenges that seem insurmountable and maybe not a good use of resources, mm-hmm. company resources. So we don't do that. But we're not really calling it fear. There's right. really at the base of all of those things is there's just plain good old fashioned fear. Good old fashioned so fear. with, you know, with individuals, how do you help them to see that? Mm-hmm. That it's 
you know, have that kind of awareness that yeah. it's fear and then what helps kind of get them past that. Yeah. So I, there's some exercise that I love to do to really help people drill down to the root of it. But a lot of times it does show up in, in a lot of the people I work with as overwork. And they're overworking because there is a fear of something. There's a fear of either losing clients or of not being able to hire more staff or of having to prove ourselves. You know, often with female leaders, we, you know, I, (laughs) I speak as a female identifying person. And I know that like we are, we tend to be more overachieving. We tend to strive for perfection more. I think that society has not yet set up to show us that we can reach the C level. Mm -hmm. So we tend to feel like we have to do a little extra and it comes from a place of fear. Like what if I am really not good enough to do this? You know, some people might be familiar with the phrase imposter complex. That's the feeling that all of our accomplishments were just by chance and somebody might figure me out at some point. Somebody, I'm just an imposter here. I'm not actually as smart or as good at this as I have them all fooled to think that I am. So that's a big way that fear shows up, especially in female leaders. Um, So the first step is really just bringing awareness to it and really talking them through. And and sometimes we use the F word, like sometimes we we call it straight out. And I have said to clients, you know, that sounds to me like a fear-based decision. So why don't you go and think on it? And if you can present to me a business case or an argument Mm. that makes me reconsider, I'm absolutely open to that. And like, I've never had one that doesn't actually come down to it just being fear. But I think that the way we we get there is we start to acknowledge it. We start to peel back the layers of the onion and we start to look at, okay, why are you getting up an hour and a half before work to do work before you go to work? Like, where mm-hmm. does that come from? Mm-hmm. You know, what is, what's the thought process? Like getting really still for a minute. What's mm-hmm. happening in your head? Like, let's take this time right now when you're not in fear to kind of throw yourself back. What are you feeling? What's showing up in your body? What are the thoughts that are going through your head? So this is how we start to identify it. This is how we start to build that awareness around what it is we're actually feeling. Cause you can't change it unless you name it. Right. So we're going to start to build that awareness and think about like, okay, for me, you know, maybe it's sweaty palms. I notice that I, I make fists a lot of times oh, okay. when I'm starting to feel fear. Um, there may be some churning happening in the stomach area, but starting to just really learn, like what I are my fears? Yeah, right? exactly, yeah. exactly. There's a lot yeah. of those things. So starting to learn, what are my fear signs? What are the signs that I'm going into this place of feeling? And whatever your label is, fear, anxiety, trepidation, you know, any of these things. Mm-hmm. Like, so starting to build that awareness. And then we have to build community because, you know, Brene Brown says, um, you know, in her work, she studies shame. She says shame cannot survive vulnerability. So we really build that community. Who are your ride or die people? Who are the people that you call for your, you know, celebrations, who pick you up when you fall down? Mm -hmm. Those are your people that you need to really connect with when you're in that moment of fear. And, you know, sometimes it's for cheerleading and sometimes it's just for we love you no matter what we believe in you you've got this it's fine right and then once you realize you've got that community of people and you've built the awareness you are propelled into courage so you're understanding that you know and this is part of the education you're going to feel the fear and that's normal right like there's nothing wrong with you it's natural yeah it's natural it's mm-hmm. biological your community reinforces like oh yeah i'd be real scared of that too like that's a big thing you're doing totally cool that you're feeling fear right now it's right. fine right. and then you start to build the courage because you know that these people have your back you can label it and separate it so it stops becoming your truth and it starts mm. becoming a separate entity and that's how you move through it. Love it. Thanks. Love it. Love it. Well, we see a lot of the same things, I think, in organizations, mm-hmm. right, that are facing fear. There's um, change mm-hmm. comes up, challenges, risk, mm-hmm. all of that. And and those are the times when you really want to marshal, as I said, the organization is a collection of people. Yep. And at any given time, we possess certain elements of psychological safety mm-hmm. and um, psychological capital, actually, mm-hmm. is what I meant to say. And they are hope. 
Okay. Efficacy, another fancy word for confidence, resiliency, <laughs> and optimism. And when you put them all together, they spell hero, which is why you can't say confidence and you say efficacy because then it wouldn't spell out hero. Awesome. But, We're um, putting that in the show notes because I love that. <laughs> so with hope, efficacy slash confidence, resiliency, and optimism, we all have that to varying degrees on varying days. And our organizational fear of new competitors fear of changing expectations in the marketplace, fear of labor shortages, Mm -hmm. right? Things like that. They diminish that type of psychological capital in Mm -hmm. our business leaders, in our managers, Mm -hmm. in our teams. And I think, you know, an important thing to try to do is to move past that. Mm -hmm. But you have to move past that in a way that is brave, Mm -hmm. in a way that is Mm courage-filled, right? And not in a way that's fearless. I agree with you. In a way that is hopeful, not fearless. Um, Exactly. (laughs) It feels like a tattoo. Hopeful over fearless. Exactly. (laughs) Like with the greater than sign. Uh huh. All right. I love it. (laughs) Season two. Doing good business tattoos. (laughs) Coming to it. Coming soon. An online (laughs) vendor to you soon. And so, um, no, but I think that that's a big part of it is because we are talking about business. You can't necessarily be fearless, right? right? That's not a strategy. We certainly Mm -hmm. don't want them running into the business equivalent of the street. Exactly. Exactly. We don't want you running out and saying like, yes, I'm going to launch a spacecraft, even though what I've been doing my whole career is making toilet paper dispensers. You know, like exactly. that is an inappropriate, like that is fearless, not hopeful. Exactly. Yeah. But courage says, we're going to look at this. First mm-hmm. of all, we are going to identify the fear. What mm-hmm. is it, you know, that, um, what is the challenge? We're going to name it for what it is and then move fa- move through that in a way that is planned, Mm -hmm. thoughtful, Mm -hmm. and could still have elements of being a little Mm -hmm. rebellious or Mm avant-garde, you know, because that that sometimes is exactly what you need Mm -hmm. to get out of a little bit of a fear mode. But what I have found is a framework that works really well for this in business is the SOAR strategy. Awesome. And that was something that was developed... I would say at least more than 10 years ago. I'm okay. not quite sure exactly where. Dr. Jackie Stavros, Dr. Gina Henricks. Um, they developed the SOAR strategy and it stands for Strengths, Opportunities, Aspirations, and Results. Mm. It draws on appreciative inquiry mm. and positive psychology. Awesome. Why are these things important for exactly what you said? Mm. Fear is nature's response mm-hmm. to something. It's a good for you, right? Mm-hmm. Well, so is positivity and mm-hmm. optimism. Mm-hmm. And we are all wired with a negativity bias. We are, studies say, up to five times more likely to hold on to something negative than something positive, which is why a lot of this stuff feels like work because it is work. It's contrary to our wiring. It's contrary to our evolution and our 2018 brains that haven't caught up with technology and don't know that we're not being chased by saber-toothed tigers. Exactly. You do have to know it's a tool. It's a skill set. You know, this is what you I got to practice. Yeah, it, like I, I work with my else. clients. You know, my mm-hmm. clients have the desire and the will to mm-hmm. do something differently. They just don't have the tools or the skills. And and there are tools and skills to do business in a in a more hopeful way. Optimistic. And there, yeah, exactly. Let's just say it. Yeah, in an, an optimistic, optimistic way. way right? And there are tools to show up as an individual in a in a less fear based way, in a more mm-hmm. courageous way, mm-hmm. you know, a more you know centered love based way. And you know, mm-hmm. I love the idea of this sort of methodology because there is nothing, there is no negative word even in the framework itself. Right. Yeah. And, and so, well, and I'll go back for one second to say, you know, I love what you said about we'll hold on to that negativity mm-hmm. because when you look at the vast majority of content that's out mm-hmm. there, 
offered up as guidance. A lot of it is fear-based. Mm-hmm. It's the fear-based headline that mm-hmm. grabs the attention, right? Mm-hmm. But it is not the fear that propels you to do something right. that's good for the organization mm-hmm. unless you wanted to freeze, fight, fight, right. or, or flee. Yeah. Right? So, you know, but in most cases, organizations want to respond yes. in some in some way that's more meaningful, more impactful, mm-hmm. dare I say it, even more profitable. Yeah. So, the source strategy then is a great thing, and it is intentionally like that. It is intentionally That's optimistic really cool. and positive. It does not ignore weaknesses and threats because mm-hmm. a lot of people will use a SWOT analysis. Mm-hmm. But in removing those that label of weaknesses and threats, it, re- it starts to remove some of that bias, mm-hmm. right? And people automatically get into a mode where it's solvable, it's mm-hmm. achievable. It still looks at weaknesses, actually doesn't look at weaknesses, it only looks at strengths, and it'll look at threats, but it forces you to kind of look at a threat through the frame of an opportunity. Mm -hmm. So to kind of peel back those layers and say, gee, it looks like a threat, but if we peel back some layers, are Mm -hmm. there opportunities in here? So let me start from the beginning. Strengths. Of course, you want to do, especially in times of fear, Mm -hmm. you want to build on something that feels very natural for Mm -hmm. you. So you have to look at your organization's strengths. And so if you're an organization that is really responsive to client needs, Mm -hmm. right, then that's something that you know you can count on. Mm -hmm. If you are an organization that is really um, well-defined. We have doggies with us if you hear them in the background. (laughs) They're one of our strengths. (laughs) Our cheerleaders. They're our community. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> so, you know, but what happens is you're you're building on the strength because that's something that you can do really well. So you're upping your confidence game mm-hmm. right out of the gate. Then you look at these opportunities that I started to talk about and you peel back what might be masquerading as a threat mm-hmm. because maybe there's an opportunity in it mm-hmm. and you only consider it as long as you can think if there isn't an opportunity, then we're going to put it aside. Because mm. at the end of the day, there's really nothing you can do about the threat itself. Right. Right. But you can see where is the opportunity. Mm-hmm. And if you can't see it, then you've got to put that aside and create a new opportunity. Another way that the SOAR strategy helps you to think about things is to think of that opportunity through the lens of all of your stakeholders. Mm. So many times when we're solving for a problem, we're only solving for X. Mm-hmm. This is broken right? This is the challenge. Mm -hmm. This is the risk. Mm -hmm. And that's where all eyes are focused. And the all eyes are typically just the leadership team. But if you bring Hmm. in other perspectives like that of your clients, like that of your suppliers, right? Of that of your employees, you know, and you start to get these different perspectives and you say, so here's this really not cool thing that's happening out (laughs) in the market. And we'd like to respond to it in a really proactive Mm -hmm. way. We have some ideas. What would be helpful to you? Mm. What's the opportunity for you in this? Mm -hmm. Let's say if we were to, uh, okay, let's just say we were to stop manufacturing plastic straws and make them all cardboard in response to some environmental concerns. So what would be the opportunity for that Mm -hmm. in you supplier Mm -hmm. who we, we get our stuff from? And they could say, well, let me see if other people want this. Maybe I can sell compostable straws to more people. Mm-hmm. So that's one way of looking at it. Mm. Um, so you really want to g- dive into that opportunity and really say, are there other opportunities associated with this? And really magnify it, build out on it. There's a whole great, and we'll put it in the show notes, but there's a whole great uh, book on this. It's called The Thin Book of Soar. So it's oh, nice cool. and easy to read. Nice. But it, it puts all of these questions that help to shape these, these conversations that you can have to get your organization out of fear. And the next one is around aspirations because you mm-hmm. don't want to be pushed to doing anything that takes you away from who you are mm-hmm. and your your brand values. This goes to values, yep. Absolutely. So in a time 
times of crisis, in times of fear, we might have a tendency to do overreact or do things that are just not necessarily who we are. When you Mm -hmm. are building your aspirations into your strategy, it says, how do we do these things, use our strengths, meet new opportunities or make new opportunities and still not deviate from who we are? Mm -hmm. You know, are we still going to be who we want to be when we come out on the other side? And then results, because of course, it's a business strategy. So you're looking for, you know, what one to three things Mm -hmm. don't don't overcomplicate it. Right? <laughs> you don't need pages of benchmarks, but just the the idea is to know you're you're on track mm-hmm. because in many cases you're going to want to tweak it along the way mm-hmm. anyway. And then I think together looking at your strengths, looking for the opportunities, considering who you want to be mm-hmm. and making sure that you're maintaining that integrity in terms mm-hmm. of your brand values and figuring those results, that's a great way for an organization to get out of fear. See, I love that. And there's so much overlap between, you know, the SOAR methodology that applies to a larger organization and, you know, how I would work with an an individual, you know, an aspiration. You have to know what you want. You know, you have to have a goal. You know, one of the first things that I do with folks together is we figure out, okay, what are the goals for the time that we're going to work together? You know, why are you here? What are your aspirations? And then we do look at some of the opportunities, what's happening. I think that's such a good way of getting outside Mm -hmm. the box. You know, Mm -hmm. on an individual leadership level, it may look like a 360 evaluation instead of just a, you know, leader to employee evaluation and starting to see how does this one person impact, you know, everything around them, not just what is one leader thinking about their employee. So that's a way that you can bring in opportunities. And then obviously results, you know, we do Mm -hmm. several checkpoints. And when we're working together to get out of fear or, you know, whatever we're calling it to get out of burnout, we're going to have several checkpoints. Okay. Right. What are you noticing now after two months? What are you noticing now after four months? You know, right. when we started, you said A, B, and C. Now in the past couple of months, I've heard you say X, Y, and Z. How does that, you know, what do you notice when you hear me say that? And what have you noticed as, uh, you know, a, a result in your life? And it's really, it's so interesting that there is so much overlap, whether you are just an individual trying to, you know, do good business and not get sucked mm-hmm. into fear or whether you're an organization that's really trying to manage through sure. some fear that's showing up for whatever reason, change, acquisition, transition, you know, new competitive landscape, any new technology, anything like that. All of it. Yeah, all right? of it. Because it's all, all it. change. All triggers fear. Right? It it's all, all change. Yeah, and, exactly. And very, very few things stay the mm-hmm. same. And, and I think about that source strategy, you know, um, when you think about Wells Fargo mm. and what they had had gone through, specifically around opening up the the false accounts, yeah. in the customers' yeah. names, right? So let's just uh, amuse ourselves for a second sure. and think that they're using the SOAR strategy, mm-hmm. right? So somewhere now, first of all, I'm going to make huge assumptions yes. that you know it was just the leaders having these this mm-hmm. strategy session. Mm-hmm. So if they talked about their strengths, they'd be like, "Wow, we've been in business since I think what was it like 1892 mm-hmm. or something like that, mm-hmm. right? We have a national footprint, right? We've got a good customer base. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Those are all strengths. Uh, here's an opportunity. So we'd like to do more. We'll open up false false accounts. Mm-hmm. And somebody else in that group went had to go look at the SOAR card and mm-hmm. say, "Oh no, wait." aspirations is what do we care deeply about Mm -hmm. and the reason why we've been around for so long is because we do care about our customers so sorry fred we can't do that we can't open false accounts exactly exactly (laughs) yeah the metrics were there yeah so somewhere on paper that seemed like a good idea Mm -hmm. to a group of people Mm -hmm. i have to just assume that but um if they had used the soar strategy Mm -hmm. that probably would not have happened Mm -hmm. and instead what they created from my understanding is in setting these sales targets so high it really did put pressure Yes. on a lot of good people yes. who were then in fear, mm-hmm. fear of losing their jobs, mm-hmm. right? Fear of not making their goals, whatever mm-hmm. other, you know, reprisals might have come with that. And they, they stretch beyond 
where they needed do, to be because they yeah. were in fear. So they yeah. that was a fight response, mm-hmm. right? I got to I got to get going on this, mm-hmm. right? I've got to go do this. Yeah, and some people probably fled and quit. I'm you know, sure when these did. things started right. happening, exactly. you know, I'm sure we saw all mm-hmm. of these fear based responses right. through this one thing. You right. know, however it came and about. Again, this is no judgment on any of those no. individuals. No. And like you said, fear is a natural response, right? right? So right. people were acting, but oh boy, mm-hmm. could this have been different, mm-hmm. right? If mm-hmm. if this type of framework was used mm-hmm. to help people navigate through change because I'm mm-hmm. sure they're in a highly competitive industry. I haven't yet, have not yet mm-hmm. met the business person who came up to me and said, Kelly, you have to understand, I work in a great industry. It is so laid back. There's lots of opportunity. There's hardly any competition. Hardly nothing changes. <laughs> and in we make industry. money hand over fist. Exactly. So every industry has yeah. that. So we're all in the same boat. Mm-hmm. And this is just a different way of approaching it. And again, mm-hmm. and then it inspires people. So instead of scaring people mm-hmm. into practices that you don't necessarily want right. them to take, right? Instead, it helps to develop their hope. Mm-hmm. their efficacy, their resiliency, mm-hmm. their optimism. They'll get creative in a good mm-hmm. way about finding things and they'll bring those ideas to you. Mm-hmm. And that's really what you're looking for in the organization. Yeah. And look, I think to go back to the Wells Fargo example, if you are an individual that's in that space and you're seeing like, ooh, this is not okay. This is not going on. You know, the courageous response is to do something about it. You know, I'm sure that we are now discussing this because it's a publicly uh you know, it's out in the public eye. Everybody knows what happened to Wells Fargo. Someone somewhere was the person that just said, this isn't okay. And and something needs to be done about that. And, you know, hopefully in, you know, this is not hopefully a common occurrence in organizations that are really practiced in doing good business. But, you know, things do happen. And for sake of argument, you know, there is a certain amount of courage that can come in and saying like, you know what, I don't agree with that business practice. Absolutely. I'm going to find an ally. I'm going to go back to my community, right? Like right. who's in my professional community? Who's mm-hmm. my ally that I can go mm-hmm. to to say, I'm not okay with the things that I see starting to happen. And I'm scared for our organization. And can mm-hmm. we step in? Like, can we mitigate this? Like, Absolutely. I think that's individual courage. And to go back one step even further, SOAR is very big on stakeholders, mm-hmm. right? That's why they're mm-hmm. saying, you know, invite people in, invite yeah. your customers in, invite yeah. your suppliers in. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine if they said, hey, listen, you know, we really need to um, achieve more sales. Mm-hmm. So we were thinking, customers, we might just open up some fake accounts in sure. your names. Is that okay? I am you? a Wells Fargo customer. Right? So I feel like I can answer that. And my answer is no, thank you. Exactly. No, right? please. So thank you. Yeah. you know, and you don't yeah. have to, you can do this in a variety of mm-hmm. ways. It's not to say you're inviting people into your inner sanctum conversations, right? right? Some right. things, but there is a way either through focus groups or casual mm-hmm. conversations, there's a way to invite people to this collective table. And mm-hmm. in some cases it really is a table and you mm-hmm. can invite them depending on what the topic is. Mm-hmm. You can invite them all in. You could have, you know, some type of get together for your suppliers mm-hmm. and talk to them. Um, you know, McDonald's did this in um, one example I know, and I hope I haven't already used this one, is they switched over or are switching over to using cage-free eggs mm, in their eggs. Cool. And I had heard the interview a couple of years ago, their CEO at the time was saying, we understand that by our sheer size, mm-hmm. we can make a, a better impact yeah. in the industry. And if another company was to go to one of our suppliers and say, can you give us cage-free eggs? Mm-hmm. They would probably have to say, well, gee, no, not really, because that's a huge investment for right. us. And it wouldn't be offset by huh. what you're asking for. But when McDonald's because goes McDonald's to them does it. and ask, he said, so uh-huh. not only do we get it, but wow. then we know we're helping others huh. because other companies can now ask for it too. That's so, really cool. 
uh, you know, again, I, I wish I had the link to put in the show notes. It was from a long time ago. I uh, apparently, I'm sure if you Google McDonald and cage for really eggs, people can find about it. McDonald's, yeah. right? And then it's yeah. on both sides of the fence. So, <laughs> you know, um, don't shoot the messenger, but that was the video that I saw. And, That's cool. And, and just economies of scale tell mm-hmm. you that is the way to do it. So if you have any type of leverage in your industry, mm-hmm. to be thinking about these things is even more important. To right. be taking these positive steps, realize mm-hmm. not only are you helping yourself, but you could be helping others. Mm-hmm. And even if that's pre-competitively, mm-hmm. that works, right? You know, if it's the for the good of all, that can work. But maybe you're helping people in other industries and um, all boats float. Yeah. And I think that, you know, when we talk about the opposite of fear, one of the things that I think is opposite of fear is is resilience. And when we think about mm-hmm. the culture of a company mm-hmm. and how important that is, you know, we by creating a fear-based culture, you create individuals who are constantly in fight, flight, or freeze. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have people that are walking out the door much more often. They're your fleers. You're going to have right. people that are, you know, feuding and interdepartmental competition that's not the healthy kind. And you're right. going to have people that are not doing knowledge sharing, that are not willing to be collaborative and are not going to work together. They're going to be the fighters. And then you're going to have the frozen people that are just sitting there doing all that they can do to collect their paycheck and hopefully not get fired. Right. And not, you, not be noticed. And not right? be noticed. <laughs> exactly. Radar, and like right? the culture of that fear creates, you know, again, going back to that Wells Fargo example, like I just think that like what must have setting goals that high have created in that mm-hmm. culture well beyond mm-hmm. what we're seeing in the public marketplace and in the news media and things right, like that. But right. like what must that sales culture have been like right. for people to be so like feared up that yeah. they are willing to do these things. I mean, we don't make good, healthy, cho- you know, the, the physiological reaction is your stress hormones go up and your confidence hormones go down and right. you are not making sound decisions as an individual mm-hmm. from that point. And, you know, one person hits their goals by opening fake accounts. Well, then, well, I better do that because if he's hitting his goals and I'm not, then I'm going to get fired. Exactly. And then it's just, it is, it's a, it's, it's parasitic. Exactly. It does. It's parasitic and it infests exactly. your entire organization. And suddenly you know, your profits are going down, your turnover is going up, your margins are going, you know, your customers are leaving. And it all starts with, Mm -hmm. you know, naming it as an organization or naming it as an individual of like, oh, these are some fear-based things that are happening right now. And maybe I need to look at how I'm leading or in a larger section, maybe I need to look at, you know, how we're running this organization and Mm -hmm. what are the things that are happening that we're turning another, you know, turning a blind eye to that we probably shouldn't anymore. Right. And that, you know, at the individual level is activating the prefrontal cortex, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And um, that gets diminished in a fight or flight response. Oh, yeah. You know, so what you want to do is really activate that. And in the organization, I always refer to that as getting people into plan and prepare mode, right? Yeah. So to prepare for what's coming is very different than to have to pack everything up and run out of your house as the fires are spreading, right? But if you can get people in terms of your leadership into that plan and prepare mode, Mm -hmm. um, then you're much better able to be resilient, Mm -hmm. right? So it does. Mm -hmm. Nature is a perfect system, right? Right. So that fear... (laughs) Self-correcting. Exactly. That that fear, when recognized, Mm -hmm. then you have that choice. We can continue down this fear-based base path mm-hmm. or just as our ancestors did you know you you addressed that threat and then you went into uh, i think they call it like rest and restore mm-hmm. mode right mm-hmm. and that's when you could di- eat your food and digest mm-hmm. it and sleep mm-hmm. well it's the same type of thing mm-hmm. you know try to stay in front of what's coming stay involved in your industry look at what's mm-hmm. going on not from the fear base talk about creating a fear based culture i mean that's really all we have right I mean, outside of business right mm-hmm. that's all we have now is a mm-hmm. fear based culture mm-hmm. um but you know 
take those marketing content headlines, put them aside or, or mm-hmm. tease them apart to get into what is the real information somebody's mm-hmm. trying to share here in this content that goes beyond the seven things you must do tonight before your company goes right. out of business. Right. Well, and then Kelly, look at the, yeah, I'm sorry, just yeah. look at those things and then really take that to the next level by planning for them, mm-hmm. by preparing for them, by using the source strategy and mm-hmm. focusing on what you can do and not worry so much reactively about, oh my God, what are we going to do now? Mm-hmm. You're instead of saying, well, this is interesting. Look at these new things that mm-hmm. are happening in our industry. Well, what are we going to do now? And mm-hmm. that's where the plan comes from. What are we best at that we can use? You know, right. What are the opportunities here for us or for our clients or other stakeholders? And how do we maintain our integrity mm-hmm. through all of that? Mm-hmm. That's going to get us through a lot of different types of... Um, challenges yeah fears um, risk yeah. right Risks. comparisons yeah to others, all right? of these all things, of things yeah right? we either try to have to be everything to everyone which is a fear response because if our competitors are doing it we have to do it or right. we don't do enough because we're going to just go with this is the way we've always done it so we're not going to uh, evolve and you know negative you know fear-based responses all over the place but you just said something kelly that's really so critical and you know you mentioned it from an evolutionary evolutionary standpoint which is that rest and restore phase which on the individual level that's actually a component of it that i didn't mention is that you have to to be able to break that cycle if you watch one of my favorite examples this is from uh, a book called the body keeps the score and it's uh by a gentleman named bessel van der kolk who is involved with emdr which is a therapy modality but anyway he talks about fear-based responses and when you think about nature and how a bird, you have a bird that flies into the window, it slams into the window, it falls down to the ground. If you're like me, you look at it and you cry because you think the bird has died and it's terrible. But then the bird starts shaking and the bird is literally physically displacing all of that energy. It's the fear leaving its system. Mm. And we as individuals, you know, that what looks to me on the surface as a dead bird is actually it's rest and restore response. Mm -hmm. It's literally physically getting rid of the energy and then it flies off and it's perfectly fine and it can go be its little birdie self. And we as individuals live in this consistently stress-based society where it's more and it's piling up and it's on top and we don't ever shake it off. We don't ever give ourselves the chance to go into that rest and restore mode and we are never activating our prefrontal cortexes so we're making poor decisions we're making you know poor decisions in response to poor decisions we're doing things you know out of fear based on other fear based and it's just this it's this snowballing cycle that when you can name it and you can identify it you can build some awareness around it then you can start to make different choices but before you are willing to acknowledge it it's just going to continue to snowball Absolutely. And I think, too, you touched on something else, the celebration. Mm, you know? Yes. Because I think celebration in organizations has just been we we achieve something. Mm-hmm. We hit this critical thing. Yeah, right? here's your bonus. Have a good day. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But I think when you've gone through something traumatic or crisis, mm-hmm. right, as an organization, and you've done it successfully because mm-hmm. you're employing this, I think it's really important to ask, and I, I know the source strategy asks this also, how do we reward the people yeah. who helped us achieve this, yeah. right? Or get through it. And sometimes it is just getting through the crisis. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you just need to gather together. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily the celebration with the awards. We are a tribal species. Exactly. We are wired for community and exactly. we are so separate. We have this whole ideation of, you know, the individual, you know, go West young man mentality. Right. And it's like, we are a tribal species. And right. I think on the individual level, we don't often as leaders or as people in organizations, we don't celebrate our successes. It's like, okay, I checked it. I have to move on to the next thing. Like give mm-hmm. yourself a minute and mm-hmm. say, oh my gosh, I just did this really difficult thing. 
and I'm going to celebrate myself. You know, I just got this new product to market. I just, you know, exceeded our sales goals. I just got us out of the recession without having to do a layoff, whatever it is. But like, we just are so socialized to move on to the next thing. And what's Mm -hmm. next? What's next? You've got to give yourself a minute to celebrate it because mm-hmm. otherwise it, it just becomes another stressor. Celebrate when important, reflect yeah. on it if yeah. that's appropriate. Yeah. And you can have, again, with a community, mm-hmm. you can have a, mm-hmm. a reflection time, you mm-hmm. know, or just a solid, a solemn gathering, right? You can have mm-hmm. a nice meal together. Mm-hmm. There are things that you can do that really, again, bring out our humanness, right? right? Our kindness, right? right, And our appreciation for one another mm-hmm. in going through these things together. And I right. think without that, type of individualism you'll accomplish much more right like why do we only gather our teams together for a potluck lunch when someone is leaving right why don't we gather our teams together when there's something exciting that's happening in our organization or why don't we gather them together simply because it's important to gather together because we're an organization and we are interdependent and we are all important to each other's parts you know why don't we encourage that maybe that's Maybe that's our one small question for the week, everyone. (laughs) Love it. I love it. I think we should end on that. Awesome. So thanks for hanging out with us as we talked about the F word, the uh, four letter (laughs) word that is fear. And most importantly, how to get yourselves out of it. And uh, we'd love to hear how you personally are going to implement some of these things or what you've seen in your fear based organizations Mm -hmm. and how how you want to turn them around to do good business. Be a hero. Yeah, be a hero hero. and soar. We're always at podcasts at doinggoodbusiness.com and we'll see you next week. Thanks so much for listening to this episode and we would love to hear from you. Send your comments, your questions, suggested topics to podcast at doinggoodbusiness.com. If you'd like, visit our website of the same name, doinggoodbusiness.com. Remember, you can always rate and review us wherever it is that you listen to your podcast. Feel free to share it. Until next time, we encourage you to take one small step toward doing good business.